Thank you, Micah. That was beautiful. Preparing our hearts to worship the Lord. Good morning and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. It's January 30th, 2022. I keep, I don't know about you, but I keep skipping over it today. I, for some reason, I thought it was, next week is Scout Sunday, and it's Communion Sunday, and I hope you're all here. And then uh, first pause and just rewind a little bit. Really grateful that you're here. Have you seen outside? It's so gorgeous, and it's my kind of gorgeous. It's cold. It's beautiful, crisp, not freezing, though. I looked, and I used to live in Muskegon. It's four degrees in Muskegon this morning. Man, I remember those Sundays. Woo! Thank you, Jesus, for moving me right here and being amongst you folk. Um, what, uh, what else did I need to say? No, Scout Sunday. And then after this service, we're going to go straight into the annual report congregational meeting. I'll do a benediction, and there'll be a postlude. And so if you're not a member of the church... Well, you can slip out at that point, and then right after that, I'll kick it off and straight into the annual meeting, and we'll celebrate what God has done over this past 2021. Um, anything else? I know it was Edson's birthday yesterday. Anybody else's birthday I missed? Ready? Happy birthday. Just say the word, happy birthday. One, two, three. Kind of understated. I like that. Oh, with the organ. I like to look at that. He's on his toes. Also, um, tomorrow, our buddy Dian Chung, Doctor Who, flies back to Taiwan for three months, and he's uh, watching his oldest or middle son get married. He's going back to Taiwan to witness that and be amongst those folk. Um, tell you the story. Everybody heard the story about Dian Chung Hu? He's walking around. He's walking his dog uh, last summer, and it was like 11 o'clock, and I was changing the sign out front. And he said, hey, how you doing? We were talking. We talked over and met his dog. And I said, why don't you show up next week? We do a drive-in worship service. And he showed up that next week and hasn't missed a week since. Well, I think you missed one week. He joined the church since then. And uh, I don't know. He made my Christmas a million times better just because we, we, we ate lasagna on Christmas Eve. That was delicious. Everybody heard that story, right? Anyway, and actually, since I don't officially get a prayer time in the middle, like I, congregational prayer, all this stuff like this, Jen Chung, would you stand up right here and just put your arm out like this? I'm going to pray over our brother as he heads out. You've blessed me, and you've blessed this place. And God, I just pray that you'd keep Yin Chung safe and made celebration of his middle son's uh, marriage give, uh, bring you lots of glory. We praise you for Yin Chung, and we pray that you would return him safely in May. And all God's people said, Amen. Thanks, man. I'm glad you're here, brother. All right, yeah, I don't know, I, round of applause. Would you stand for this morning's call to worship? And it comes to us from Psalm 71, 1 through 3, and I read from the Passion Translation. And just a heads up, I get these psalms, this is the lectionary text for this Sunday, too, uh, the psalm. So that's where I get my call to worships. Lord, you are my secure shelter. Don't ever let me down. Let your justice be my breakthrough. Bend low to my whispered cry and save me from all my enemies. You're the only place of protection for me. I'm coming back to hide myself in you, for you are like a mountain cliff, a fortress where I'm kept safe. Let's worship the Lord.
Carrie's home with Everly, making sure she gets better. So the student and children are now dismissed. When we pass through deep waters or go through times of fiery trial, the Lord our God is with us. With confidence in God, our Redeemer and Creator, let us confess our sin. Almighty God, you love us, but we have not loved you. You call, but we have not listened. We walk away from neighbors in need, wrapped in our own concerns. We condone evil, prejudice, warfare, and greed. God of grace, help us to admit our sin so that as you come to us in mercy, we may repent, turn to you, and receive forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Hear the good news. As people born of water and the Spirit, we have died to the old life, and a new life has begun. God's grace is poured out on us day by day. Come to the water and remember your baptism. Be thankful and live as one who has been raised to new life. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen.
In the name 
In the name of Jesus, for I believe in the name of Jesus. One more time. For I believe in the name of Jesus, and I believe. that mean? I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in, I'll use this as an intro into James. Um, names in different cultures mean a lot more, I think, you know, like, uh, have you ever seen the movie Dances with Wolves? Do you remember, like, the, the name of people were, was like, Dances with Wolves is what they called this guy. Because he played around with this wolf and ended up being a pet, you know. This wolf was it was Kevin Costner's, you know. And one woman in there stands with fists, <laughs> you know. Remember, you know, like there's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hebrew similar, Greek similar. My name is Jason Yosonos. It's in the Greek. It's in the New Testament. They ran to G- uh, Jason's house in Acts, chapter seventeen or something like that. One of these Acts chapters. And the name means healer. My dad wanted me to be, to be a doctor. Uh, remember when doctors were paid a lot? That's why my dad wanted me to be a doctor. Um, James is a derivative. It's a Greek version of Jacob. And remember Jacob? What's Jacob mean? Jacob means supplanter or um, heel catcher. You could call him Jimmy the Troublemaker. <laughs> you know, he's the he's the he wrestles things up, and he he doesn't take things for granted, and he asks questions, and he's deep, and he he challenges. Jacob wrestled with God. You remember that? Like that's the type of person that James, the author of this epistle, is. Um, and then I also want to remind you. James is a cross between Proverbs and the Sermon on the Mount. And you'll see that because we talk about wisdom, wisdom from above. That's the name of the, the, the sermon this morning. It's a short text. Um, he's just talked about um, or written about the tongue and about how powerful the tongue is and about how it's a rudder, you know, it steers. And, um, and then... He goes into this. This is chapter 3, starting in verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. 
Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. This is the word of the Lord. I love it when scripture is straightforward and this makes my job easy. I could say amen and we could keep worshiping, right? You got the gist of that. But let me, let me dig around a little bit. Let me just stir up some and just focus on some things. Um, first, are you wise in understanding? Who is wise in understanding? And he's asking in kind of a, do you want to be wise in understanding? And then he doesn't... He doesn't give us action words. He doesn't go verbs. He gives us an ethic. Um, show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. First of all, um, good life. It's Aristotelian. It's an Aristotle. It's a, um, it's a philosophical. Not only good in the sense of pleasing, but good in the sense of good in every way. What was the first band that met you and you were like, that's good on every level? There's probably a lot of people that that was Bach, right? I don't know, you classical people, speak up. <laughs> Van Halen. <laughs> well, running with the devil kind of isn't that what I'm talking about. <laughs> and actually, James uses, he, there's several words that he could use for good. But he uses one um, that means lovely. Like beautiful. When Aristotle talks about a well-lived life or a good life, he's talking about morally, artistically, socially, good. My first was you too. When they put Psalm 40 to music. They wrote, how long to sing this song? How long? Everybody heard that song? No? We've sung it, I think. Haven't we sung that song? Or no? Years ago. It came out in the 80s. And there's, they, the other, a couple years ago, they toured, um, it was that 360 tour. Anybody go see that tour? Yeah. He's a master. He ended every show. He played the whole country. And he ended every show with the whole audience singing to God, How long, Lord, get me out of this place? The words that David had written so long ago. That's amazing. That's good on all these levels. And he says... um, And then the word for wisdom is a practical wisdom. There's different types of wisdom. While I was writing this sermon, 
I, I, sermon prep is Thursdays. Uh, if you have trouble reaching me on Thursdays, it's usually because I'm doing my homework. And it's actually still my favorite part of the day. I just withdraw, or favorite part of the week, I just withdraw, read scripture, commentaries. And usually I go to the beach. If it's, the weather's nice enough and my wife doesn't talk me into doing stuff, I go over to the beach, and, which is pretty close to my house. And I walked over to the beach, and I was freezing. <laughs> Anybody been at the beach lately? I was freezing. I was like, oh, oh. And I'm trying to read like this, you know, I'm reading this stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm not getting anything out of this. All of a sudden, this couple walks up next to me, and they're in shorts and T-shirts and stuff. And I'm like, what the heck? What's wrong with them? And they do something. They turn their chairs towards the sun. Practical wisdom. I turn my chair and I'm like, okay, the wind is now hitting this way. The sun is overpowering. I'm a happy man. (laughs) That's the wisdom he's talking about. And like I said, he doesn't in this text tell us a verb on how to live a good life and how to have wisdom. He gives us an ethic. What's our? It's an adverb. It's a meekness. You live a good life by meekly displaying wisdom. What's meekness? I had to look that up. Did some homework. And meekness is um, it's self-subduing gentleness. Self subduing gentleness gentleness both out godward and manward i got that from a guy named what's his name it's in john stotts it's motyer uh, first name i forget his name but his last name's motyer it's self subduing what did i just say Gentleness. Is anything more contrary to what we're living in? I don't think so. Self-subduing gentleness. That's the good life. You know the first person that popped into my head? was Don Beard. Who's the first person that pops into your head? Mr. Rogers. That's right. Gretchen, Gretchen was buddies with Mr. Rogers. Does anybody know that? Right here. She joined with our last new members class with Jen Chung. Who? Who else? Yeah. Self-subduing gentleness. Anybody else? Mother-in-law. Wow. They're forces to be reckoned with, correct? Right? And then uh, James moves on. He says, okay. Uh, this self-subduing gentleness, it comes to, it comes to making a choice. It comes to making a choice. Wisdom from this earth for yourself or wisdom from above. Oh, and I said earlier, um, yeah, okay, I'll I'll, I'll say that in a second. Um, Wisdom from this world, what results? Look at that text. What are some results of if we have wisdom from this world? I know devilish is in there. No, not spirit-filled. We're at the first one. If you want wisdom from this world, what 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 does it look like? Disorder and wickedness. 
um, earthly, unspiritual, envy and selfish ambition. Does that, that just nails us. I don't know about you, that nails me. Envy and selfish ambition. It just nails you between the eyes. There's wisdom, that, it's a choice. It's a, you can choose this earthly wisdom, or you can choose this wisdom from above. And let's just camp out on this earthly wisdom first. It's devilish, it's self, it's ambitious, it's like selfish. It's out for me. One commentator says, at the heart of it, it's divisive. It's pulling into, it's pulling apart the unity. And then James says, you want wisdom from above. What comes to my mind is, the, is uh, Pentecost. Do you remember Jesus ascends, he takes off and goes to heaven, and they're waiting for 50 days, and then 50 days after, the resur- after he ascended, they're gathered for the Feast of Pentecost, which is actually a, a Jewish feast or festival that celebrates the harvesting of the grains and harvesting of the, of the wheat and all the stuff, all the, all the harvesting, whatever. And they're waiting around in this room, and the Spirit drops. And the text says, from above, God comes down. Which reminds me of, I'm in Romania. I'm at a youth rally in Romania, um, and I'm the speaker. I speak the. Fr- it's supposed to be. It's three days or three nights, and I speak the first night, and it's a dud. Like I, I just lay a goose egg. It's a terrible. You know, they the Romanians don't really get my humor. <laughs> go, you go figure. You know what I mean? I'm trying to do all these jokes, and they're like, "That's not funny. That's dumb. You sit down and shut up." And so I lay this goose egg. We're, leading, we're meeting together as a leadership team. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not supposed to be doing this. And one, another guy on the team, a guy named Jeremy Edinger, goes, I feel like I was doing my devotional today, and God wants me to share what he was teaching me. How about I share what I was learning, and then, Jason, you do an altar call afterwards. Because we were with an A of G, Assemblies of God, um, mission group so there's always a, a call to respond to the gospel um, Jeremy preaches and it's just subdued and like but it pierces hearts and I feel it I'm like holy holy mackerel this is real God is proclaiming his word and changing people's lives through this I stand up and I just say if you don't hear the call of Jesus, there's something in your ears. And the guy translates that, and I said, you need to come up and come up now. And right when I said now, the Spirit dropped. The Holy Spirit showed up, and people started weeping. Tears of joy. And tears of being freed from their, their, their sins. And people started coming up, and we were praying over people, and it was just amazing. And when, I, when James says, you want wisdom from above, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about Holy Spirit wisdom. He's talking about we're reliant upon God himself to come down and transform these broken, lowly bodies into wise, loving vessels. And often it's hard to distinguish between the two wisdoms. But their fruit are unmistakable. Right? According to this text. Is everybody with me still? Okay, good. 
Wisdom from above. That's the choice. You got, it's, it's really a no-brainer. Okay, do you want this like devilish, you know, demon thing? <laughs> or do you want wisdom from God through the Holy Spirit moving and living through you? A or B? B. If you if you don't say B, just, I don't know what you I don't know what you I don't know what you're doing because that's just that's plain as day. And then he doesn't really say how. There's no verb. But he says earlier, remember in one five, James one five. Do you remember? No. If anyone lacks wisdom, ask. Ask for God to offer it down from above, right? It's as simple as that. That's your verb. Ask God. So the application, if, if you want, like the first one, if you want to be wise and have your meek wisdom displaying to the world and channeling through you the good life, you first ask. And then instead of saying ask again, he says, I'll give you some adjectives to distinguish what wisdom from above looks like. What are the adjectives? Seven of them, right? Anybody looking at the same Bible as me? Wisdom from above is first pure. Check your heart. Check the fruit of these decisions that you're making. Are they pure? Peaceable? Next time you're about to say something, think to yourself, is this going to like, give more peace into the world or is it going to stir things up? Gentle. This sounds so much like Jesus the Christ, right? It sounds like Martin Luther King, too, right? You don't fight the darkness with more darkness. You fight the darkness with what? Light. And what do you fight hate with? Love, right? We just celebrated that a couple weeks ago. Gentleness. I saw a special on um, civil rights movement. And I, what shocked me was the people who would do those peaceable sit, sit-ins, they would practice gentleness. They would practice non-combativeness. They would say, hey, like, you, Amy, this time, you be, the, you be the cop, I'll be the person. And Amy would walk up to me and just start saying, you are, you need to move, you need to, and she would just start screaming at me. And it's crazy because they have footage of this, and these people start crying sometimes because the, the actors are so good, you know, like they're so into it. Because they've been there, they've seen it before. They know that if they're not ready, they're going to want to punch people in the face because I, you know, practicing gentleness, it's gentle. Willing to yield. I'll try this for a week. Anytime you're approaching a door, open it for the person behind you. Next time you're going towards a line, let the people in front of you. Yield. Willing to yield. Full of mercy and good fruits. Without a trace of partiality. Isn't that something to long for, right? You ever have those days where you wake up and you just see people as God sees them? And you're just like, I could kiss that person. <laughs> They're so beautiful. Like, God is so magnificent. C.S. Lewis says, if we saw each other as we really are, we would be tempted to bow down and worship one another. That's how amazing the person next to you is. 
And it's not because of anything they've done. It's because the God who made them is amazing at making things. And without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. Right? And the harvest of this. A lot of times we're taught, don't, don't think about the end goal. Just work on the journey. But James says, no, no. And Sharon preached about this a couple weeks ago. A lot of times we need the picture of heaven to infuse the now with joy. Right? Longing for that day where there will be a day where we will harvest our right relationship with God and shalom will be ushered in. Peace wholeness, completeness, lacking in nothing. How do we apply this? Verse, um, verses 17 and 18, this commentator says this. It is the same spirit that breathes, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit, which breathes through this passage. Um, with its hatred of all the sunders and its evident delight in all that unites. Unity is the main thrust of the wisdom from on high. Unity is the thrust from wisdom on high. And he, he, the, that commentator has a long section about how a lot of times people... They ditch, like there's denominational splits. And they're saying, I'm right and we can't get over my rightness. Right? You look at all the church splits. You look at all the divides of even this local congregation. Look at all the the times that people have walked away. Or people have been pushed away. Who wins there? The devil, the devil wins there. Non-unity wins there. We don't know who wins, but God definitely loses. Unity and good life are intertwined. And there's more at stake than we recognize. Notice all those adjectives. They're all about putting others first. They're all about loving to a turn, to a, in, in such an extreme way that it looks like you lose over and over. I remember I was in a church once in the Mississippi and this, this African-American pastor said, uh, we always say, hey, we want to be used by God. We want to be used by God. But the moment you feel used, you forget that God is using you and you feel betrayed and you stand up and you puff, you puff up and you want to push people down. When we want to be used by God, you're going to get used in that sense. You're going to look like it, it's losing I'm going on to eight different sermons. I apologize. But this is, okay, let's get through these. We unite. We have our meekness and wisdom. We ask for wisdom from above. How many times have you seen your kids just struggle? Over and over and doing something that you, you know you could do in five seconds, right? And you're just waiting for them. Hey, let me, let me do that for you. God is like that. Ask. He'll step up and show up every time. And then those seven adjectives, repeat them over and over. And then I'll end this with this. This is N.T. Wright. And he says this. Okay. Think of it like this. Suppose you lived in a village or worked in a college or a factory or a farm. 
Suppose some of the people you met every day were like the people in verse 16, and others like the verse 17. Which one would you rather see come towards you down the street? Which one would you rather have as your neighbor? The question answers itself. The challenge is how to become that neighbor yourself. And once more, the answer is wisdom comes from above. Pray for it. Persevere. Amen. That was a well-chosen song right there. Holy Spirit might have been in that, right? Now it's part of the service where we return just a portion of the blessings that God has so richly blessed us with. If you're listening on the podcast, um, please send your tithes and your offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And if you're here, uh, leave them in the offering plate on your way out if you haven't already done so. This morning's offerings and tithes are now received.
may be seated. From Psalm 55. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught because of what the enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked. As for me, I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. To the God who inclines toward us and listens, let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, we worship and praise you this morning. We sing songs and psalms and spiritual songs to honor and glorify you. Hear our prayers and the cries of our heart, O Lord. We pray for a world that hungers and thirsts for you, God. We hunger and thirst for your presence in our lives. We pray for your peace, for the potential war to be thwarted, and a diplomatic resolution to the tense situation between the Ukraine and Russia. Protect the Ukrainian people and keep them safe. We pray, too, for the humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan and elsewhere, where there is scarcity of resources, clean water, food, and shelter. Lord, we pray for an abundance of basic needs. Clear the way for world relief organizations to help those in need in your name, Jesus. Prompt each one of us to help in any way that we can. Father, the news reports of blizzard conditions all up and down the East Coast is frightening. Keep those that are in the path of the storm safe from harm, including all of the first responders. For those affected, we pray for shelter and warmth. Prompt neighbor to help neighbor and provide help quickly to those in need. Though the needs of our world and the needs of our country are great, the needs of our own congregation seem countless. For those of us who are tired, give us strength, O God. For those of us who are lonely, provide companionship, we pray. For those of us who are grieving, we pray for your divine comfort. For those of us who are struggling to make ends meet, we pray for your provision and abundance. For those who are struggling with addiction or depression, we bind the enemy in the name of Jesus and pray for your freedom for those in bondage. For those who are ill, waiting for surgery, going through treatments, looking for a diagnosis, we pray for a fresh touch, a healing touch from your Holy Spirit. Specifically, we lift up those for healing among us. Patty Ernest, Kay Deer, Elizabeth Van Doren, Keith Coslin, Don Beard, Gil Keller, the Jarjour's nephew, Rita, and those who we quietly name in our heart. We pray for your shalom and your healing. Help us, Father, to continue to pray without ceasing, uniting us with believers everywhere. We pray together the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand and let us continue worshiping together with our final hymn. Like I said, I'll do the benediction. There'll be a postlude, and then we'll quickly go into the annual meeting and celebrate what's God, God's, what God has been up to. But for now, receive this benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.